everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 469. We are at podcast talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And Mako-chan is out tonight. She's not feeling too well, but she will be hanging out in the chat with the rest of y'all and keeping everybody in line like the disciplinarian that she is. And again, during the pre-show, I apologize for the double audio. It's something with VLC, so I will have to play around with that and fix that. So hopefully that'll do. So anywho. Now that we got uh, things going right now, so how is everybody doing tonight? Yeah, doing all right. Man, I, I yeah, you know this this weather is like two days of me running, walking around in my thermal underwear. I mean, no, thermal pajamas, wearing my hoodie, and then I go out today. I'm just like, it's not cold. It's okay, but it's not cold. What happened? I mean, I expected the weather temperature to drop right before Indian summer kicks in. The last two days of weather here in the New York area is basically October weather that we were getting. And like, damn. I am going to assume with the sheer number of hurricanes that are coming in, it's just fucking with the weather now. So, anyhow. Now that we got that out out the way, we are live tonight, week of September twenty second. Thank you. I normally put the date on on the one note, and I and I keep forgetting to update the friggin' date. And I'm just like, whoops. But um, we are live that week of September twenty second, twenty twenty, right here on um. I used to say the Voice of Geeks Network, but we're here live on Twitch TV. You can find us every Tuesday from nine thirty to eleven here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. You will also find us hosted on a variety of sites, including the amazing people at the Voice of Geeks Network. They kick things off Sunday night with the Bobby Blackwolf Show and an Orange Lounge Radio. Things kick off at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So, anywho, you can also find us on Discord. Uh, just head on over to vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's on the Voice of Geeks Network has a little chat, so come through and have a good time. Everything is fun. Unfortunately, the um, the pool is now closed, so if you didn't get a chance to get in, I am so sorry. So, we're going to go around the room with how was your week, how was your day, kicking things off is Ari. <coughs> Uh, well, it's mostly been work-related stuff. At the mm. very least, uh, our reassignments got uh, all sorted out because, you know, there was, with uh, people retiring and, uh, you know, transferring out, there was mm-hmm. uh, positions opening up elsewhere, and uh, that caused like what we call a rebid, where, uh, you know, all the supervisors just, you know, write, like, you know, let's fill out the form, like, what uh, positions do you want? You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I put in for it, and my, my boss had advised me to it. Uh, yeah, you're going to want to put everything in uh, your section, you know, which is the uh, the lowest section on the turnpike. Right. And that's what I did. And I'm like, and then the, uh, <clears throat> what do you call it, the 
uh, the rebid comes in yesterday when I'm at work. I'm like, oh, cool. I, f I got to move closer to uh, home. I'm, I'm, you know, my commutes are going to be much shorter now. Like, yeah. and, and our commute will be at worst instead of at best. But yet, with the the way travel and seniority works, I'm probably just going to end up at a place that's like 20 minutes from where I live, but mm -hmm. over an hour plus from where I uh, from where I live from where I'm stationed out of now. Well, it'll be starting on Monday. I'm still I still have the potential to go up to freaking New York City again this week. Well, I the mean... wear and tear on me and my car is uh, rather aggravating. No, I, 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 to, I totally get that. Believe you me, I do. Like I said, there was that one company I worked for. They would send us all over to five boroughs. So getting up at five, anywhere between 5 and 6 a.m. to be there by 7.30, yeah. Even after they say, we'll keep you in your borough for work. Yeah, 24 hours later, I'm in the Bronx. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Great times. But yeah, considering that it's uh, it's just the end of until the rest of the week until Sunday when I'm still on my uh, current assignment. So there's like there's a good chance I might be up at the up at the friggin' Meadowlands again, mm. or somewhere in that area, which I hated. Trying to like you know the trip up there, hour and a half commute, uh, trying to figure out what the smell is around the area, and don't say MetLife because <laughs> that's obvious. Actually, we all know what the smell is. It's the caucus in general. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I've been. Uh, been going. That's how I've been going. I've been clogged up most of the day from a sneezing fit at around two p.m. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what. I have no idea how to what causes it. It just happens like that. And as Theo X seventy five says in our chat room, it's the smell of New Jersey, the landfill North state. North Jersey, maybe. Okay, now, 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 I think we we can stop calling Jersey the landfill state since New York hasn't dumped its trash in Jersey in God knows how long. And no, the Giants and the Jets don't count, at least not this time. But they've gotten better. I just do remember <laughs> that one time coming back from Anime Next, I saw a billboard for a sign that says, Jersey don't stink. And and I had posted it on my Twitter, and half the people from Jersey was just said it was, yeah. And the other half was like, how dare you mock us? I'm like, come on. And as Santa Bree says, it's the smell of getting too close to the Palisades Mall. Oh, you mean money? I would love the smell of that. Yeah, <laughs> fucking make make a you know a brand, a brand new money scented candle or you know, like Shannon Max theme song. You smell my cologne. It's called brand new money. No, I you go that way. I smell uh, people making fifty five k plus a year. <laughs> In a couple years, I'll be the, up at that range with the uh, continuous with continuous union mandated raises. And according to Sierra Bree, the news opening the Palisades Mall is 7-Eleven. You know, I'd be more excited if it was a Wawa. I mean, really? I'm just the American like, Dream uh, Complex up there is uh, is pretty uh, 
questionable. I still want to go to that damn mall. I think we should all do, take a field trip to that mall just for shits and giggles and be like, wow, they put so much money into this dump. And look at it. It's a fancy dump. There's a whole series on YouTube, uh, a whole video on YouTube about the uh, all the problems that went into making it. All right, Ichigo, you probably don't live too far from one of those Uber malls. That's the the mall that has like like the field to play sports and stuff like that, and it has like like a trampoline center and all of that. You know, you ever. You ever seen something like that? Like an like it's like this massive Uber mall. Think of it like White Marsh, but ex, but extra extra. Uh, I mean, I really don't mall hop anymore. Mm -hmm. I was kind of a mall rat in my teens because I had a bunch of guy friends who always wanted to go to. We had an arcade in our mall back in the day. So did we. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, there are some arcades now because Round One I think has gone to White Marsh, and there is a Round One. Or a another gaming place near me at one of the two malls that's nearby, but I honestly don't go to malls anymore uh, because but, yeah, it, it's basically overpriced stuff. I can just get online for cheaper. So... Or you, half the time we just you just go to the mall just to walk and exercise. But the American Dream Mall is like that. Yeah. Plus they were plus they were going to have paid parking till the people got pissed off. Like no parking's free. Parking's free. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, like, at least if you're going to charge... We'll pay for parking at a mall. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to charge for parking, you might as well make sure that you're validating it for anybody mm. who spends money in your mall, or else you're going to have a lot of angry people. Um, I mean, the, the last time, I guess, I had a mall that was pretty local, we had a Vans Skate Center, which yeah. I... Sorry if my hands got too close to my mic. Um... So we would go and play um, air hockey on the air hockey table, yeah. and we would um, go around and hang out, and some of them would skate and stuff like that. Um, but in general, I really only went to malls, or only go to malls for, like, the the smelly stores, I guess, the stuff that I want to make sure that mm -hmm. it's very specific. I don't really go to malls anymore, but I do have two nearby, and I did live near the mall that they defunct and then shot Wonder Woman at, the Springfield Mall. Oh, okay. I did live near that for a time. Oh, that's nice. Um, so that was kind of a cool thing to see that the movie groups would come out to this area to film. Um, but in general, my mall hopping days kind of ended with my middle school days because right. when I got into high school, I basically moved out to a very rural area that the closest mall was at least an hour to two hours away. Damn. So yeah. I, mall culture is really cool to see. And if you have a chance chat, um, definitely go and check out. I will see if I can find this channel, but there's this gentleman that will go and do kind of cultural introspectives on dead shopping malls and why malls, um, American culture and mall culture and mall rat culture have kind of disintegrated. Um, Thanks, so Amazon. I will try and share that in chat if I can remember what channel it is. Because he recently is actually the did... I found when I yeah, talked he... about an American dream. Yeah, he now... recently actually found um, the Baltimore Mall and actually talks about the gentleman who actually designed the construction and the history of it. So... 
it's really cool to see that. Now, in our chat room here, um, who will, I'm Baby says, Uber malls, those are a thing. Yes, they are. There are malls that where it's so big, you get, you have to drive to one section, do your shopping, then get back in your car from that parking lot, drive to another section, and that's where like the restaurants or, or like your specialty shops. You have those types of Uber malls. And when, and I and when it comes to mall ratting, I didn't even know that was a term too much later because I used to hang out in the Cross County Shopping Center, which was like our mall, and you had the county what square. Where do you think the Kevin Smith movie name name came from? You have you have to understand. I, growing up, I was Gohan. I did not get a chance to see discover a lot of pop culture stuff that y'all did. I kind of figured that out much later in life, but you know, I figured it out one way or another. But you know. And I used to hang out with friends. We would take the bus and go down Central Avenue, which would cut through like four set four towns. And there were like malls of, up down this Uber street. So sometimes we would get off at one stop, hang out in this mall, get, and hop back on the bus and go down till we hit White Plains and went to the Galleria Mall. And that was like our final stop. And then I would hop on my bus and go home. Or then when they opened up the Westchester, a fancy mall, we would go, we would go hang out there. So, you know, yeah. But uh, enough about malls and stuff like that. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? Um, I really have been focused on doing some patterning. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, those of you who listen or have listened to our podcast before, I am a sewing extraordinaire. And so yep. I definitely have been doing a lot of that recently. I have been working with computer-aided design software um, to develop some patterns for upcoming collections and lines and things like that because I felt like that was a good use of my time right now. It's There are events that are going on for alternative fashion and um, those kind of things uh, that support indie brands, but mm -hmm. I am one of those indie brands that gets forgotten and neglected, unfortunately. I also am guilty of that, unfortunately. I'm very bad about posting on social media because I feel... I hate my designs, and I hate a lot of my work, so I feel like everyone else will too. Mm. And I just decide that I don't want to post anything because I get too into my own head. And, of course, isolation this time has um, kind of propagated that a little bit more than everybody else, uh, you know, is going through. And everybody else is also going through their own isolation. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, like self unfortunately self uh doubt and imposter syndrome and all that fun stuff setting in right. but i'm trying to work through that with a lot of constructive things um and building up collections is one of those things that kind of helps me do that so uh that's what i've been working on this week is basically printing out a bunch of my patterns that i'm designing and taping them up and getting them to a point where uh i can do prototyping and trial and error and see how fit is and everything mm. um unfortunately because we are in this current environment i can't do a lot of fittings and stuff with models and have shows like i used to right so it takes a lot more for uh r d so like resources and development um because shipping takes forever and uh supplies are a little bit lower especially if you're a more sustainable designer like i am so 
yeah, it's just been kind of a mix of things. Let me know how you guys have been dealing with isolation chat, because uh, stay hydrated. Yes, very important. Number one, <laughs> this is your hydration alert for Ichigo first. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's how it's been. Woo! See, I'm kind of lucky about the whole isolation thing, because number one, there are... There's a family that lives upstairs, and if you've been following this show for God knows how long, you've heard me mention this from time to time. And also, when I leave, you know, my house, I do see people, and sometimes my neighbor who's two houses down will talk, will stop and talk and so forth, you know, like when I left earlier today in regards to my weekend day. I noticed a brand new TV box out in the garbage, and I was like, huh. I look on the plat on 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 the porch, and I see another TV on the floor, which is now leaning up against the gate. And I'm just sitting here going, "Where do they get this money to buy another television?" And my sec my next thought was, "I don't remember them fighting or anything like that." And the TV went boom or something. Unless I passed out in my in my house Saturday, Sunday, or yesterday and did not hear it, but I'm like the TV that they replaced is not even six months old. It must be good to have like uh, flexible income like that. Just saying, you know. Shit. But the only the main thing that I did Sunday was I actually bought some stuff um some cables um i think i i just i talked about it on the show like this here this is extension cables for my usb3 adapter and i got another one for my uh sata cable basically i'm pimping out uh fallen angel my desktop and i'm just getting like colored cables extension cables to put in to make it look nice and neat and one of the cables is in but it's not tucked in enough because I didn't properly secure it on the back of the motherboard where all the cables are. Back there is it's, it's hot spaghetti. And I'm just like, one day I will sit down, get some double-sided tape, and rewire and re reconnect the adapters and stuff behind it so it looks nice and neat. But that's good. I also discovered, you know, there, there's colored screw, thumb screws, so I'm going to pick up a couple of packs of those in different colors and add it on it to kind of make it pop more for the theme of my computer, which is uh, Fallen Angel, a.k.a. Daitenshi, if you haven't figured it out. It's based off my favorite character from Love Live Sunshine, uh, Johanne. But, you know, that's basically been my week and day, so, you know. Uh, housekeeping notes, um, like I said, we were going to have a guest on tonight's show, but, you know, logistics didn't work out as planned, so, you know, we are looking to have guests on the show, so we'll figure that out, so, you know. Also, um, we will be taking another break around the holidays, so if I'm looking at the calendar correctly, um, our last show of the year will be December 4th. 15th or December 22nd and then we'll be out of here for about two three weeks and we'll come back January 2021 we won't be doing no what you missed news stuff because you know we'll just come back talk about what we've been up to over our breaks and then get things going and also um I have talked about this in the past about a possible uh show that's gonna be added to anime jam session um 
one of my uh, high school buddies, uh, best friends, Under the Pale, who st- who streams over on Twitch at twitch twitch.tv slash Under the Pale. He does a lot of retro gaming and stuff. We are we will be doing a, a bit of a talk show on here. So we are looking at Fridays at 9, 9.30 to whenever. And we're basically calling it Shooting the Shit. That's basically what it is. It's just two nerds just talking about what's up and all that stuff. Nothing too fancy. And that's basically is it. Um, as that comes through, I will have more information so you can come and join and participate. But also speaking of participation, um, I'm... Forgive me, Rob, for bring, for letting people know, but if you follow um, Orange Knowledge Radio, they Rob has something new called the VOG Roundtable, where it's just a few people from the community talking about particular topics and stuff, and that's going to be recorded uh, tomorrow, and tomorrow we'll be talking about cosplay. We'll be on with me, uh, Ichigo will be joining us, and my friend um, Arya Snark will be joining us as well, so... And the best, for those of you who don't know Arya Snark, uh, the best way to describe her is one part Ichigo, 1.5 parts Mako, 2.5 parts of pure unadulterated Snark. And that's basically that's basically her. So tomorrow, that's going to be fun. And as Santa Bree says, I will be shaking and crying for it. Yes, my friend, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up on rundown is Geek Roundtable. So this is where we talk about um, non-anime uh, stuff from our weekend or kind of is we kind of talk about nerdy stuff briefly uh show off cool swag and stuff so ari won't you kick that off and while i go get my um thing for the show off geek round table um okay so uh i have a bunch of uh more magic stuff to uh show off i had a little you know disposable income so i decided to order some uh magic product I've been looking for. It's a, this is a Commander deck, one of the newest ones that came out. The uh, red, white, and black one, which is a, the three colors that I've been uh, getting into. As well as one of the uh, one of the collections in the Signature Spellbook series, which is a, it's a collection of cards, you know, eight of them, that are based around one of the Planeswalkers, their uh, story, personality, and whatnot. Only problem is they had sent me the wrong one. Which, uh, isn't that big a deal? But because I, I had uh, went through it with uh, a return on Walmart, and they were like, eh, "Okay, eh, yeah, okay, we screwed up. You, we'll send you out the right one right away, and uh, you can just keep the old one." Nice. We'll, uh, it, so yeah, I got, I got two of these uh, spell books for the price of one, and uh, and a nice uh, EDH deck, which I'm gonna eventually disassemble and uh, pull apart and use with my in a different deck. Um, and the thing about the signature spell book is uh, the cards have very exclusive and, uh, you know, not exclusive, like very distinct frames are unique. That's like the normal magic cards don't look like this. Nice. And, uh, this is one of the, uh, the big pieces from the commander deck slash EDH deck I got. I won't be building it around here. I might put it in, but I'm actually going to 
Let's see if I can dig it out real quick. One of the creatures I'm going to be building it based off of is, uh... Wait, where's... I, I can show it off later, I guess. I don't want to take up too much time. Okay, cool. What you got, Ichigo? Oh, what's how's your geeky round tape? What's how your geeky week's been? Uh, I mean, I didn't really have anything for this week. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess like I got memory foam earbud covers, so yeah, they won't fall out of my ears. Um, that's but yeah, a that's good pretty thing. much it. I honestly, I don't think I will have a lot for geek round table. Unfortunately, I. Again, like I don't, I don't no, get it, a lot of it's, merchandise. Cause it's all good. I, I mean, like things, but meh. Have you checked out any like new shows or anything like that? Ah, uh, honestly, no. Mm. I've actually been trying to cut down on a lot of stuff. I mean, I've oh, okay. Uh, so um, I don't know if anybody else has been playing this on Steam. Yeah, talk, uh, but yeah. I have gotten addicted to Among Us. I think I mentioned it last <laughs> week. And uh, I've been playing it a lot, and I'm super uh, sneaky sneaky. I play that high high IQ 300 vent game. Um, so if you want to play with me on Steam, I tend to play the public because I don't have enough Steam buddies to do the uh, private. Mm -hmm. But if anybody wants to invite me to their Among Us games or um, wants to play with me, uh, let me know. Um, you can either whisper me here on Twitch or you can... Um, contact me through the anime jam session page um i definitely am looking for more imposters and innocence um but yeah so it's been a super fun game to play i've definitely been logging way too many hours in that game wow you know uh, I i've seen yeah. so many people playing among us i'm like all right let me check this out 4.99 to purchase the game i don't know if i want to really drop five dollars you know and i'm just like i'm thinking the game is free but i'm just like five dollars well am i no no, no i'm just like i'm just like am i really that cheap where i'm on actually mobile. you know on mobile it's free so if you want to try it you can play it on phone okay then you know, i will do that and i, it, do, I okay. and i do have a tablet so <laughs> so i will i'm gonna geek out a little bit because these developers have done such a great job the generation I think that is, has fallen in love with it, I think the most, is the generation that grew up with old school flash animation games. Mm. So if anybody remembers stick figure games from back in the day. So we're talking new grounds. Where they are just nice and simple. Like the de designs are simple. They have a little bit of detail, but they're super simple and they're super comical. So like the death scenes and stuff like that are just like they're just good fun. Like the game is just so, good fun. And there's enough detail and enough like changes in it and adaptability it it is yes as we have yep. in our lovely chat mm -hmm. racer x it is totally a new grounds game yep. it is totally that flash animation e-bombs world generation game that you just go and you waste so much time and the thing is now is that i know the maps too well <laughs> so i will play rounds while listening to uh, my Pandora stations and watching other YouTube videos of other people playing it and working on pattern work. So, like, it's one of those games you can just play and not even pay attention to it, and that is bad. That is dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. Meanwhile, I, read this, I learned that Chip's Challenge from uh, Windows 95 is on Steam for free. Go for it, dude. I already got it. Nice. So. <laughs> 
right. But yeah, so if you were in playing Among Us, um, you can definitely look me up. Um, I'm always looking for more, more imposters and innocents um, to play with. So it's always super fun. Oh, you. Okay, so I forgot to mention this earlier, but I'll drop it in here now real quick. I went out, I went out fighting, and I went down swinging, and I failed. I tried to get an Xbox Series X, so thank you to the scalpers, I was not able to get one. I will patiently wait for another one. One of my friends, though, she got lucky and got not just a Series X, but last week, bitch got a PlayStation 5. I'm like, you bitch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I'm just, I'm not really salty over it. It's out of my system, so... If I get if I can get onto another round of pre-orders before November, so be it. If I have an opportunity to jump on a line to grab one, I'll do it. If not, it is what it is. Um, I think out of everybody I know that's trying to get a, a, a next-gen console out of the launch dates, less than ten percent of my friends were successful in getting one, and that should tell you something. And that includes the whole uh, Nvidia RTX uh, 3070. But, you know, um, I started watching a show called Kim's Convenience. It's about a Korean family and the trials and tribulations while working in a convenience store in Toronto, which is really good. And I pointed it out to a friend of mine. She's like, I grew up with this. I need to watch this. I need to suggest to her, you should do episode synopsis and just compare it to life growing up and that something like that. Um... Let's see. I started watching No Game, No Life, and I'm just sitting here two episodes in like, how the F did I sleep on this series? The dub is kind of horrible, but the series, but the show is good. Halfway through, I switched the subtitles because the only dub voice that was actually working for me was Shiro's voice. Everybody else is just, no. And finally, um, I don't know if you some of y'all remember this. Um... Over the summer, Funimation joined forces with some, with, with some artists, and they did a complete uh, remake homage to the real folk blues. And it was also for fundraising for COVID-19 efforts. And also, you could get a chance to get a copy of the song. So, I'm like, you know what? I, 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 I've got the extra money. I'll pick it up. Now... I don't have a record player, but I have no intentions of playing this on a record player. But I do have right here in my hands a copy of the remake of The Real Folk Blues. The Real Folk Blues, the it's called the Bishop Game Remix. It, I would have loved it if they had thrown in like like a CD that you could play it back or something like that, you know? This is really cool. And it says right here on the back, and I know my camera is a little bit out of focus, and I apologize for that. It'll, it'll refocus itself once it gets his attitude back together, so... Says in collaboration with Sunrise and Funimation, we are thrilled to share this star-studded tribute to the gorgeous music of Yoko Kano and Cowboy Bebop to benefit COVID-19 relief, featuring over 40 special guests, including Yoko Kano herself and the Seatbelts, original cast members, and ver 
veritable who's who of modern game and anime industry. All proceeds will be donated to the CDC Foundation and Doctors Without Borders in support of the fight against COVID-19. It is our joy to present this lovingly crafted vinyl single, specially mastered for renowned master engineer Jeff Galindo of The Bakery, to fans of the Cowboy Bebop franchise at this critical juncture as an added donation incentive. Now that is pretty damn cool. And if you have not heard this, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash Funimation. It's one, it's one, the video is there. There is a video that goes to this and it is amazing. And I am going to put this right down here and let us hope to, hope to God that I don't forget because after the show, I am going to put it in its sleeve and put the sleeve in the plastic, put the plastic, put it back in the box, in the, wrapper and it's going in the closet right next to my scott pilgrim versus the world uh vinyl uh vinyl uh that i have that is still that is still sealed and thank you ichigo for for pointing that out for me okay so now that we've got that out the way um our first topic of the night is the sailor moon exhibit in italy I had no idea about this. I just happened to be on one of the Sailor Moon uh, Facebook groups, and someone had pointed this out. Um, I'm going to bring it up so y'all can see this. Oh, it's kind of fun, and I can let me try to get it going so you can check it out. And that's basically is that's basically is it. And I think this is really cool. And no, I don't want to sign up for a membership right now. I don't want to log in so. But let me, uh, let me, let me adjust this. But the thing is, I want to show off some of these amazing cosplays that, that that I saw there, and I'm and I'm thinking this is really, this is really nice. This is a really wonderful thing. So, okay. Look at all the merch they had too. <laughs> okay. Not now. Thank you. Oh, Facebook. Oh, browsers. There we go. Some Dolphies. All right, that that's just a fan parody. That that believe you me, that is not real. So let's see if I can go back this way. There we go. For some reason, the controlling is is off. So these are some nice cosplays of flyers for the event. I thought this was really nice. That wig on Sailor Moon, that, that, that's an uber wig. The last time I remember seeing somebody with a wig almost like that is my friend Lady Alcrea. I believe what her, when she cosplayed Sailor Moon, she had a wig similar to that. Um, I think I remember Lady Elcrea, and mm. I think she actually used her real hair. Probably. I mean, at the time, she would, her... she would she would bleach it. Yeah. I think I roomed with her at one con early on, probably in like the early two thousands. And it was probably uh, Otakon. My roomies that um, it was just amazing because her hair was so long. Mm -hmm. It was, and it was very blonde. Yep, it was it was probably an Otakon. And check out the the dolls. And now, now this is probably part of. 
I don't think this is like a re-release of the figures because Sailor Moon is very popular in Italy. There was a Sailor Moon DS game that came out there. It was a puzzle game, and I played it, and it was kind of tough but fun. So We also covered um, a few things where there was... Was it a few Italian guys who did a cover of the opening or was that a spanish opening i feel like that was an was italian a, one probably a spanish but um i think i forget his name i think his name is marco i forget his full name but his art of sailor of the sailor senshi is so good that his art's been is being used on the covers of the italian release of the of the dvds and blu-rays and as Sierra Bree says, I think they also re-released the Salem pull-ups in the past year or two as well. Yes, they did. The only reason why I, I don't I don't have a Venus pull-up, I don't like the way it looks. It's not my thing. They but, they are they are one of those styles of dolls mm-hmm. that is the very like the sad eye dolls mm-hmm. that were really popular in the nineties in the States of like the sad eye dolls, but like pull-up has a very definite look. And yeah, they've been releasing them um Pretty recently, they've been re- releasing the series um, because when we were in uh, Japan in mm-hmm. 2019, um, we definitely saw a lot of them. Um, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, because they just but released... they were in a lot of the the crane game machines and stuff. Yeah, they just released a line of figures where they look really nice, and I'm just sitting here going, "I want that Venus uh, figurine." But that Venus doll, but it's like six hundred dollars, and I'm sitting there going, "I can actually afford this. I ha- I could actually buy this, but I didn't. I kind of have enough Venus stuff as it is, and the fact that they're re-releasing the um. Okay, who are you, and where's the real DJ Ranma? Ari, do you not understand how much Venus merch that I have? <laughs> They're re-releasing the figure arts, okay? And it's like I and I'm and people are complaining that the re-releases are just colored versions of the originals. I'm like, yeah, but I could buy one and just throw it into storage because I have one already on display. I actually have two. One's out of the box on display, and the other one is just is just sitting there. So, and, and that's basically all of them. I, I I really like the figures. I really like the, this layout. I mean, like this celebration. It's wow. And as you can see in this picture here, they they also use the um the American release of the logo, which would not surprise me. It's American merch translated into Italian. And as you can see here, uh, brand new uh, brand new merch with the new logo, which is like the official international logo outside of um japan really and not for nothing i would probably rock that sailor moon lunchbox at conventions like nobody else's business because i mean if you've seen me at cons i do walk around with a venus backpack just saying This is this is really nice stuff here, and you know, and I will say this: this is a lot better than the "quote unquote" International Sailor Moon Day that's been a thing here for about two, three years till it fell apart because the person who created it let another organization run it, and they're basically saying, "Well, you need our permission to do it." And I'm sitting here going, "You aren't the license holders of Sailor Moon." 
Anywho, now that we got that out the way, and we saw some amazing cosplays and some merch, and I know a few of y'all are probably Google searching, you know, to find some of this stuff. And if you do, let a brother know. But let's go ahead and talk about some other interesting things for tonight's uh, show, such as conventions that are going digital. Uh, the first one up is Jump Festa 2021. It was supposed to be on. It was. It, it, they announced today that the 2021 event, which was scheduled for December, will be held online December 19th and 20th. It's usually at a, at the Makuhari Messe and Chiba, but due to what's going on, everything is completely digital now. Jump Festa 2021 it will join its sister event, Jump Special Anime Festa 2020 being held in cyberspace. The website for it says that anybody can watch the event at home and that the events will be announced in due time with what's, what they're going to do. No events have been listed yet, but, you know, be on the lookout for that. And also, while we're on here about digital uh, conventions going digital, um, OhioCon is going digital now. Um, they're a convention that starts in January and generally it's like everybody has like their own like convention year or season or something like that. It's like when OhioCon starts, it's like it's the new convention season, you know, it's like the unofficial start as opposed to uh, MAGFest, which is like at the beginning of the year, you know, it just depends on your preference. Yeah, and talking mm -hmm. about MAGFest, MAGFest has actually already released the fact that they will be canceling for 2021. Yep. Um, we uh, assumed that this was going to happen. Most events are projecting that things aren't even going to be remotely close to normal mm -hmm. until June of next year. I'm already anticipating it's going to probably be well into September. Yep. So um, just plan for that. I don't blame them for canceling it. Yeah, and definitely when working with a place like the Gaylord, they have... Oh, is it too loud? It's staticky. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, sorry about that, guys. I think it might be my sweater. Could be. My bad. Um, but uh, it, it basically, it's nice that they have the chance to rework their contract. Because mm -hmm. places like the Gaylord, if you're from this area in the D.C., Nova, Maryland... Um, the area you're gonna find that places like the Gaylord or the casinos and stuff in the n National Harbor are very very finicky with the way that they work with contracts and people that they work with so when it comes to being able to rework contracts I'm glad that MAGFest was able to I mm -hmm. hope that Katsukon follows suit pretty soon um, I know a lot I, of people I, really want to I honestly ahead. believe Katsukon is going to wait for a force majeure because honestly, mm -hmm. let's say every convention cancels in advance and tries to do a fundraiser. That's going to screw a lot of things up because there will be so many cons doing these digital fundraisers. They're not going to be able to hit their targets because not everyone's going to be able to support them. I can see like maybe a third of conventions canceling in advance and doing fundraisers and, and making whatever money back in order to do a 2022 show. That I can see. But if it's like a whole bunch up until like June, nobody has that money to like well, to help. I mean, like if fifteen cons cancel, yeah. the most I can do is give each con a dollar. You know. Yeah, but but I mean, even if they made a dollar per head, yeah, 
even now with the attendance rates as they are, $20,000 is a better income True. than zero or negative, they can't, which is give, what they're facing now. They'll, it'll give them some type of a pot. No, but what I do see happening, some conventions are going to be going back to different locations that are smaller because they know it's not going to be a lot of people showing up. But Well, I was going to say, they won't only go to places that are smaller, but if even if they're using things like Oticon does the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in D.C., yeah. um, I know with those kind of big event spaces, they're used to running with business conventions in places that don't use their whole facility. Mm -hmm. So what they might do is just parse down, if, if places are working with big event centers, they might just parse down the amount of space they're using for a lesser contract for you know a certain amount of space because we are going to still be de dealing with social distancing measures yep. so that is going to play a big part into i think how we revisit events yeah. um in the coming year yeah. and this goes back to something we discussed a couple of weeks ago like if a convention just straight up cancels and they pay out all the fees they may not be able to come back the following year and this is one of your favorite cons it ain't there's unless a miracle shows up out of nowhere. Between you and me, there are no anime philanthropists, Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark type people that's going to show up and be like, here's $35,000 to restart your convention. Put me on your board of directors I, I and it's yours. I that person. Oh, me, you and me both. You and me both. But, you know, to get back to things here, uh, OhioCon, they're, ca they're calling themselves EHIOCon21, reborn I in a... It. Reborn in a cyber world. I can tell somebody's a fan of ReZero, okay? Somebody is. It was originally going to be January 15th to the 17th, but it's going to be January 22nd to the 24th. They will have special guests placed in a virtual uh, artist alley, and they will be accepting applications for their dealer room starting on October 1st. They will be doing gaming tournaments as well, and they're going to be doing some... Going into the convention to get things going. So like the road to WrestleMania, something like that. But as Ohio kind of said on their website, in regards to these changes, we know it's not the same, and we're not trying to pass off as a real live convention, but we do have some tricks up our sleeve. We'll run gaming tournaments on a similar schedule to last year, starting later in this calendar year. We're also in talks with some of our special guests to do talks and chats, and that's something you'll, you'll only be able to enjoy during the con weekend. Additionally, we know this year has been very tough on artists and dealers who depend on conventions as a platform for sales, so we're going to have a special online area just for them. So come relieve old slash better times with us and drop in for a chat. OhioCon 20 hosted guests such as Studio Ghibli's production coordinator Hirokatsu Kira, Kihara, voice actress Alejandro Saab, Steve Bloom, and Michael Sinternicholas. OhioCon identifies as Ohio's largest and longest-running anime convention. The first event was hosted in January of 2001. Well, that's good, you know. That, that, that'll be fun. The, again, the only issue is that the con is going, this virtual convention is three days, and most of us don't have that patience to go through all of that. And it's like, when you're at a con, if you don't have the patience for something, you can just go back to your room. And just relax. And then when you got that energy back, you can go back downstairs and just go do whatever. Whereas it's virtual, if you're not feeling it, it's like you just mute, you just mute Discord or Twitch. You're staying and, in your own room. For yeah, and you're just laying on like... the bed, and it's like you can't leave, kind of sort of, you know. 
But I do like well, that there is a virtual artist alley. And I think what would be cool is if they have a, on their website that virtual artist alley, everybody's listed and you click and like a little pop-up to their store or something like that. That would be cool. That's what Dragon Con did with their um, Dealers Hall and Artist Alley. What mm. I'm going to see as an issue is, well, like you said, where it's all streaming and it's all all the time. And right. it's like three days straight of mm -hmm. just the same panels mm -hmm. you see at every convention that mm -hmm. you... It, the, the platform is just not very mm -hmm. user-friendly unless you are used to just having stuff playing in the background. Right. And even for me... Twitch is not my go-to to listen to people unless it's like like um, people reading stories or things like that because if someone's playing a big video game and all of a sudden they scream or they yell, that's not something that I want to have in my background all the time yeah. because it's very jarring and distracting. Mm -hmm. But for those who are used to the platform, it might be the best way. Mm -hmm. However... Uh, uh, touching on the fact earlier where you were talking about wanting uh, groups or businesses wanting to do a little bit of fundraising, to me, to me, because we've gone through a year where everybody has gone virtual and the levels of, of execution have gone kind of varied depending on the business, depending mm -hmm. on how big they are, depending on their poll and their digital platform, mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to see either growth or failure. Mm -hmm. And if there aren't more offerings, more engagement, maybe having more interaction with guests online or doing other stuff, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are going to fall off. Now, I hope that I'm wrong because I would love to see events it's, become it's, more virtually friendly. Yeah, but it, I have worries. The thing is, you can only do so, so much with like, with like Slack, Discord, Teams, Skype, Twitch. You can only do oh so much with that. And on the same token, you got other conventions going on that same weekend. But if you are someone like me where you have a Surface 3 right here, uh, you got the desktop here, you can open up a laptop here, and you got your consoles over there, and if, if they're all using Twitch, you can put a convention on every single device in your house. But the but yeah, it's but just trying to keep to? up with what yeah. But the thing is keeping up with the with the right groups and stuff like that. If you ask me, what conventions should do for these events, these virtual events, they should charge admission, and I think they should charge one dollar for everybody to join like their private server, or whatever, to check this out, and it should like be Discord, on baby. yeah, and it should be like on a scaling system where. If you want to give more to get your badge, you can. And I would say at the end of that weekend, at least 50% of the sales coming in would be would be distributed to the artists that, that are participating. At least they'll get something extra for trying. Because an artist will, I'm just saying, an artist can make $1,500 a whole weekend at a con, whereas virtually on that, they might get at least $500 if, if possible. At least if the con brings in about a thousand dollars they can divvy that up and the person can have an extra hundred dollars you know so what you're kind of talking about is maybe uh if like cons have their own kind of not like patreon system but that almost is what it sounds sort like of, they're yeah. like 
here's this bonus content. Pay a dollar. No, 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 just to get in. A couple of cons have yeah. done that. No, you know, I get it. Yeah, it's like if you pay more, you're not getting anything extra. The only thing, that, that extra money is going directly to to the artists. So they can stay. So the con can stay around for next no, year. No, I under like I. I one day, ideally, totally would understand. be able to actually host people there in person. Yeah. Well, you also got to think about it this way: if even if artists were to get money as payment from the convention, inherently, honestly, to me as an artist, I would just want more promos. Because I'm going to say it right now, okay. conventioneers. I'm going to say it to you right now. You guys have not been pumping up your artists enough. You guys have not been pumping up your merchants enough. I have seen very little as far as it goes when pumping up your artists, platforming your artists and supporting them. I, when it comes to events, especially online in a virtual platform, artists and merchants are not going to get the interaction that they do in person. In person, there's the social interaction. There's the give and take of the reciprocity of a relationship with your customer and your clientele. When you're not getting that because you're not getting personal interaction, there's only so much you can do through a camera space. And even then, there's also the purchases we all make at cons. So that Sunday plushy $10 deal, like mm -hmm. you're not going to get that on a, a, an online platform because people have time to wait. Oh, you know, they've got like 10 of those plushies. It's, only, it's not a limited time deal. I can find it on eBay for cheaper. I can find it secondhand. So do more for your dealers, vendors, and artists. That's all I want to say on and that. You know, and I was thinking, you know, you know what they could do is during like their video streams, they could have little pop-ups in the corner of merch, and it's like if you like this, they list the merch retailer or something like that. And if you um, know, and, and if you look in Twitch, you can have a section that says vendors, and then you can scroll down on that page and find that vendor, you know, and just click. If you guys want a good example of this j fashion on demand is a group that has been doing alternative fashion events and they have actually been doing commercial reels so anytime there is a break in schedule mm -hmm. they literally have a running advertisement of such and such fluffy designs you can find them at such and such and it's read in an inoffensive tone for you know like a five a, a, a minute time slot 30 second time slot and they just go and you get to see the vendors and you get to see that support see i like that now some people are gonna be like well we don't have the funds or where to make a commercial you don't have to let the con have somebody jump up and say something and just let it be it's not hard to to check this out and then have the have like a picture of it show up on the screen blinking you can get it from this this vendor or something like that i mean there, there are ways and, and i like exactly what you're saying ichigo this this is good i love this it's it's like it's i don't know if you saw the commercial for jez's school of cosplay you know that was that was amazing. Something like that. If that was seen at cons, like in between like masquerade events and stuff like that, his phone would explode from emails, people asking. Okay. A lot of it is just reaching that target market. Yeah. And when it comes to conventions, when it comes to artists, vendors, and entrepreneurs that deal in that headspace. Yes, we have a great access to a target market, but the problem is that we're not getting the same support from events as vendors and um, attendees give to those events. 
The events, you know, yes, they have to run their own thing. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like there needs to be a clientele relationship, either in office or a department head, well, that deals it's, it's with young. Um, online advertisement. Yeah. Because uh, paper advertisement inside the program books, that's great. That's good. Mm -hmm. That gets you guys money. But that does not always guarantee sales. It can now, to a point. It will to a I, point. I, I'll I say this real quick that. and we can go to our next topic. I yeah, mean, you're we'll right. But the thing is, the, the virtual space like this is new to a lot of conventions and they're not sure how to figure this out. And that's something you could propose to these cons. But I can tell you this now. A lot of these cons will be like, oh, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. And, no, and in reality, they, they, they need not... to. Because they're too busy no. trying, they're too busy working on the infrastructure to get people to get butts in the virtual seats. It's like no, and that's yeah. totally. I I totally agree with you. Mm. When it comes to vendors contracts, artist mm. contracts, they basically say we have no guarantee that you're going to earn money at all. Like we have no. No, it's, I'm not even saying that about, about the. I ain't talking about Someone's the. Someone's got to be the guinea pig. No, I, I'm not talking about virtual money like that. I'm talking about uh, like an office, a liaison that can help get that going. Like, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's one reason they're gonna say that they don't need, they don't need to have this office is because they have contracts. The way that they think mm -hmm. have things written up is that they have no legal obligation. Mm -hmm. They have no business obligation relationship to guarantee these people money. So inherently, why would they open an office? with the proposed idea of doing that. But anyway, that's yeah. where we're going to table this. If you guys are interested in talking more about these kind of topics, I know I can get a little intense. Ooh, this is going to be... Pulling, pulling, um, pulling clips for the episode highlights is going to be fun on this episode. <laughs> but yes, uh, it's our circus, it's our monkeys. Welcome yeah. to the show. Um, we got fun and games. Yeah. Now, uh, but, Ichigo, uh, Yashihime, or I like to call it Inuyasha GT. <laughs> it is kind of Inuyasha GT, and um, honestly, the characters are starting to look a little bit My Hero Academia, to be honest. Mm. Um, so the Inuyasha sequel anime, uh, Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, has announced that idol group Six Tones will be performing the opening theme, New Era. Set in both the present day and the Sengoku era, Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, will follow the adventures of Seshimaru's daughters Toa and Setsuna and Iyasha and Kagome's daughter Moro. Original author Takahashi, Takahashi Rumiko, sorry, ah, words, is providing main character designs while Sato Teruo, who served as an assistant director for Inuyasha, will return to direct. It's going to air from October 3rd um, until it ends. Um, I, I am excited for the series, but the title has me uh confused because the i guess they want to make sure that their english fans know what it means but mm -hmm. uh yashahime means it's, it's, princess half demon it's, it's so like it's, it's like uh demons say kimetsu no yaiba you know yeah it's like saying kleenex tissues that you know inherently in the english language or in the language they mean the same thing so it yeah it's i mean it's cute Kle i'm yeah, excited it's, it's that thing where uh, be they become the uh the they take over as the generic name for mm -hmm. something yeah you, look, I mean, it's not look, the generic name. It's it's the other language name, but it's yeah. it's got that same kind of feel to it, where well, you're like you're saying the the title twice. Well, you, you know, you know, you um, know why they're calling it Yashihime Princess Half Demon, right? I know. Why? Because it's got Yasha in it. Nope, that's not why. Oh, do you know why? Yeah, because they legally couldn't get away with calling the show "Who Fucks Sashimaru." <laughs> 
Also, is it just me, or am I the only one that never really heard any of uh, Inuyasha's opening themes? No, you're not the only one. And as season... I, I did. They were some of my um, karaoke songs. The, yo, the, yo, <laughs> Bo, Boa's Every Heart ha- had me right here. Boa's Every Heart had me right here. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, Every Heart is a song that I do on karaoke a lot. Uh, Fukai Mori. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. In Twitch, if you guys want to have a karaoke sing-along, I do B- Boa, B-O-A, uh, a lot. And as C- in, our chat room, in our chat room at twitch.tv slash anime jam session, Sita Beery throws it in, Fushigi Yugi, the mysterious play. And, uh, no, oh, I will give Pioneer a little bit of shit for this. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, when they put out the dubbed tapes, it was called Fushigi Yugi, the mysterious play. When you bought the subtitled version, it was called the mysterious play Fushigi Yugi. Ain't that some shit? And I'm actually working on a Miyaka Yugi cosplay right now. So, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I, honestly, though, but that, that generation of animation, when they were starting to get into those kind of tunes for the yeah. openings and closings, that's, I love that, that time in anime music. Okay, now, now looks like, now we move to Shaman King, and I never thought that that anime would get a reboot, um, if I'm looking here correctly, Ari, who did, I guess they got their cast together, so. Uh, yeah, it was announced that, uh, celebrated voice actress Hikasha Yuko would play protagonist Asakura Yo, Mm. spelled Y-O-H in the English, I guess. It was also announced that Konishi Katsuyuki, Hayashibara Megumi, and Takayami Minami will reprise their roles from the original anime series as Amadamaru, Anna, and Hao, respectively. What's kind of interesting, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, Megumi Hashibar was a, was Anna in the original series as well. If not Anna, I think she was still connected to it. And there's the uh, new teaser that played as well. Mm-hmm. Originally a manga by T- Takehiro Yuki, the franchise were also around a young boy named Yo who aspires to the title of Shaman King. To do this, he must win his way through a legendary shaman fight tournament, with only t- which only takes place once every 500 years. And the Shonen Magazine Edge has the superstar arc of the manga running through it. Mm. Something else I can never get into. Now, I, I watched it with part of the Four Kids Fox Box. It was pretty cool. And I believe Konami did the Konami did original games for the Game Boy Advance for it. So... So that, that's kind of cool. And now, um, Ari, uh, what is, why is Pokemon Company owning up to what to Porygon's transgressions? Because they weren't Porygon's transgressions. Do tell. Yeah, we all know Electric Soldier, Electric Soldier Porygon. How uh, it's the episode of Pokemon that gave all the kids that gave all those kids seizures, like six hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the first time many people even heard of the franchise. And it's it's never appeared in the anime afterward, even though uh, it got two new evolutions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, missiles are felt, or fired, Pikachu shot a thunderbolt at him, and that's caused all the f- bright flashing lights. And yeah, the the uh, Porygon episode, as it was called, got banned. 
Yeah. But the official English Twitter Pokemon account broke its its silence on the subject and admitted, and I quote, Porygon did nothing wrong. Uh, the tweet itself has been deleted, but screen capped for, uh, for posterity and spread all around Japanese Twitter. Mm-hmm. And millions of Pokemon fi- fans all over all over the world looking at it to go, see, told you. It's basically something everyone knew all along, but uh, and you just waiting for the main person to be like, you know what, you're right, you know. And uh, well, we can only hope that there'll be more po- Porygons than the animated become, but who knows. You can still see the impact the incident had on anime today. When a scene in the anime dims a little, that was just one of the many measures anime had to take in the wake of the accident. To another being a warning message in front of some shows to, for people to sit in a well-lit room. Mm. Yeah, like the first season, first couple of seasons of Pokemon were like bad for that. It'll be like, it'll be like, it would be like, what the hell's the matter with me? <laughs> um, you'd see like Pikachu shoot a thunderbolt and a. Uh, the resolution would slow to about four frames a second. Gotcha. And the animation would get all janky and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, um, Super Mario Brothers, the movie. And no, we're not talking about the one with John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins. Not that one. We're talking about the... About it? What's that about a Puerto Rican Jew being Italian? Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> and, and, and that doesn't that doesn't get 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 us canceled. Nothing will. <laughs> That's something I can't put in the highlight reel. <laughs> well, it's it's not exactly Genghis Khan trying to be Mongol. It's not exactly uh, Clint Eastwood being Mongol. Like, Mongolian, but uh, it's another one of those. Okay, someone in casting needs to be fired. All right, but um, this has been talked about for a while. Um, back in 2018, Nintendo did announce that Universal Studios subsidiary Illumination Entertainment, those are people behind Despicable Me, Minions, and Sing, and I do believe The Secret Life of Pets. I think I, I don't hold, don't don't quote me on that. They're the ones that's working on Super Mario Brothers the movie, and that's going to be pretty cool. There now, according to Nintendo, you'll be seeing it in 2022, and that's going to be really freaking amazing. And let us not forget that um, there's also a Super Nintendo World coming to Universal Studios, I believe, Hollywood and Japan. That's going to be really fun. Now, what was in- I? Hmm? Oh, go ahead. What was interesting was that talks about this was going back as early as May of 2016. And then it was said even before that, Nintendo was in talks of Sony to do it, you know. And the producer of Ghost in the Shell, Avi Arad, was going to be part of the production in it. But since Nintendo was already collaborating with Universal Studios for Super Nintendo World, even though it just says in the article Universal Studios Japan, I believe it's also... Hollywood and Resort. So it's going to be three parks with Super Nintendo World. And if I do go, I'm sure I am going to walk around as Kevin from Captain N. But that's a story for another time. But because of that, they decided to work together 
and have Illumination do this. And this is going to be really, really fun. And yes, I will be going, I will be seeing this premiere weekend, and I will be going as Luigi. <laughs> so, get ready, 2022. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong. I think it's going to be really neat. I feel like Illumination is one of those studios. I, I know we've seen um, with the evolution of video game uh, franchise movies, especially things like Sonic or um, Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I, think it's, I think Illumination is a really great studio for this style. I feel like they're going to give us that real Nintendo feel, mm -hmm. which I know has not been uh, shown in a lot of previous works right so i'm i'm excited i think in 2022 i think it'll be a good time to have a super mario movie yes indeed it'll still be a... trying to like trying to uh take a super mario platformer at face value and turn into something on the big screen will be quite a challenge it definitely will it definitely can be um when it comes to those translations we have seen <laughs> the mess that trying to take a character from one to another can can become i.e sonic <laughs> Um, but yeah. At least Jim Carrey uh, acted the hell out of that role. Mm -hmm. I heard that he saved it. Like, yeah. that, that's pretty much the, the, I, I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet, but I will eventually when it comes out on whatever streaming platform. Um, but in general, uh, I'm excited to see him act again. I love his art that he's been going through with his self-introspection, but I definitely want to see him in, in the gears of acting again. So. Gotcha. Going from one popular franchise to another, though, if any of you are into Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, um, we are sure to get your uh, favorite fandoms going with a sushi chain that had to rename its anime character Bukake menu item <laughs> after uh, what? Ari uh, spits out his teeth um, after inevitable giggles because all of you Naughty, naughty people are five-year-olds with a five-year-old sense of humor. He who has uh, not sure sinned, is. let them cast the first stone. I haven't even watched the series yet, so ha. Huh. Um, sure, a Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba tie-up is meant to get fans excited, but not like this. <laughs> Popular sushi chain, Kurazushi, known as Kura Sushi is currently running a cross-promotion with hit manga anime Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba as part of their celebration for the franchise's upcoming theatrical anime. Kura Sushi has added a few new items to its menu that are inspired by the animation and the cast. For example, here uh, the Nezuko ice cream with plenty of berries which Kurasushi says that is a, it is a dessert that perfectly matches the cute image of the character. But of course, you can't salute Demon Slayer without mentioning its protagonist, Tanjiro, and Kurasushi has decided to pay its respects in udon noodle form. They've even recreated the iconic green and black checkerboard pattern of his Hayori coat in fish cake form, which sounds super delicious and is eye-catchingly visual. Um, however, it's not nearly as attention-grabbing as the name Kurazushi chose for the dish, Tanjiro's Bukake Udon. <laughs> now, Bukake is a word that can bring up very different mental images depending on how you first heard it. Thank you, so, Ari. Let's discuss possible uh, interpretations. 
A lot of non-native Japanese speakers' first exposure to bukake is a term used in the Japanese adult video industry, where it it's describes something rather in your face. A quite a scene uh, in in those terms that Ari has described to you. Uh, but bukake's original linguistics origin are much more chaste. It's a form verb of bikakeru, which just means to splash something onto something else. <clears throat> in the Japanese culinary world, it's used to indicate noodles, which in which the broth is splashed and various toppings are dashed onto them. Um, much like in a lot of Japanese language and linguistics, they are not like English, where we have multiple words for one thing. A lot of Japanese words are one word for multiple things. Because there's nothing inherently salacious about the word, except in y'all's brains, you nasty nasty. <laughs> Context definitely makes a big difference. And so, Japanese people don't dissolve into giggles when they see bukake udon listed on a menu, or at least they usually don't. By directly attaching a specific person or character to the bukake udon, though, Karazushi muddles the issue of how Tanjiro's bukake udon is supposed to be parsed. Did you separate Tanjiro's and bukake udon to indicate that this is a style of udon made in Tanjiro's image, or do you pair Tanjiro's bukake and make it a descriptor for the udon, implying that these are noodles, um, Tanjiro with Tanjiro seasoning. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Other commenters had a difficult time think keeping their thoughts pure and reacting to the dish's name with, I'm a lowbrow kind of person, so I spent five solid minutes giggling at the menu when I saw the name. Totally can't help laughing at it. Look, Kurazushi, sorry to be the one that break this to you, but you probably shouldn't put a person's name in front of Bukake like that. Such a horny name. Imagine putting an order to go, and when it's ready, they say, Okay, who's taking home Tanjiro's Bukake Udon? Gotta change that ASAP. Apparently, Karazushi agreed with the last comment, and as you can tell on their newly updated menu, it has been changed. Um, in general, don't feel too bad, because just like we're pretty sure Shakespeare said, a Bukake by any other name would taste just as delicious, apparently. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you want to read the article for yourself or follow up with any of the information provided in the article, here you go. Enjoy. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to show off from, 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 from the, from the article, a very interesting tweet, as you can see, in comparison uh, to, to that. Um, I, I will say... I have watched this. I'd rewatch. That that that's all you need to know. I'd I'd rewatch it. That's all. And do not ask me for what the code is on this because I do not remember. But use your Google Foo and you can find it. And I and I'm gonna say this. Whatever Ichigo goes, ya nasty. I'm picturing her <laughs> dressed up as a southern bell and you just and you see her all prim and proper when she turns and gives you that look and that talking it's just like what it's just like you're just not expecting it you know yun 
Yeah, yes, you debris. Twirling the parasol. She comes out as Peach. She flips to date to Daisy's personality, going, you nasty, and then flips right back into Peach's personality, twirling the parasol and walking off. I actually collect fans, parasols, and teacups, so hi. Mm. <laughs> oh, then that means there is a character in ReZero that might just be up your alley. I, I have been checking it out a little bit because I know um, my hubs has watched the series. I haven't really gotten into it because it's got so many sub-series to it, but I eventually will. I eventually will. The, um, I believe Crunchyroll has like a director's cut, which is like, they put everything into like 45-minute clips, so it's a lot quicker. They just streamlined a lot of stuff. But the character I'm talking about, I forget her name, she appears in season two, so. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. All right. And now that, that we got that out of the way, ooh, excuse me, we come to the part of the show that you all are here for, and that's, um, meanwhile, in Japan, these interesting articles. Now, I'll take the first one. Of course. There are four, <laughs> but we're only going to go with three. I will go with the third article, and... I'm doing the second one. Okay, so all right, so we'll save we'll save the last this last article here for next week if if that. So as you can see, Ari, I kind of put a a link underneath that because there are more photos that the original article does not have. So huh, enjoy. So yeah, going straight from Bukaki to the people taking the Bukaki. Hey yo. An entire building of restaurants and bars will be staffed by Japanese adult film actresses in Tokyo. Uh, Soft on Demand says its 5-4 complex will be a theme park for adults. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, and Soft on Demand is uh, Japan's most prominent adult video production distribution company. A couple years ago, they decided to try something different. They rented a false shop space in Akihabara, where else, converted it into a casual bar, and staffed a rotating roster of fully clothed adult film actresses who had appeared in SOD productions. The bar turned out to be a hit, inspiring a second location in Nakano, and now soft in the man, well accustomed to the phenomena, excitement excitement makes things much bigger. hey (laughs) It's ready to launch its most ambitious drinking and dining adventure with the five floor SOD land or sod land I guess mm-hmm. in a Capuchico nightlife quarter each floor different it will feature a different theme first floor is primarily for guidance and setting your bill although there's a gift shop the basement has the newcomer adult film actress floor where you'll find the sod fresh faced female employee pub staffed by actresses whose debuts are upcoming or just happened recently New girls in the basement of a porn company? That sounds shady. Mm. <laughs> Up in the second floor is Kakubu Station, where customers can drink with women who work in the Fuzoku industry, who encompass, which encompasses hotel bars, rock massage, and other entertainment services of risque nature. The third floor, the famous adult actress floor, swings back to salt on the man's core business with the presence of the company's major on-screen talent, offering, in their words, a space of dreams where you can become friends with the Famous adult film actresses while drinking in the Cyane Bar. 
And the fourth, the fourth floor hosts the style bar where SOD actresses and swimwear, mixed drinks for customers behind a one-way mirror, and private conversation between patrons is strictly prohibited to allow them to quietly contemplate the view. Yeah, that that view is worth contemplating, all right. And I'm looking at the comments here. Somebody mentioned that they just started watching an anime that takes place in Kabuki and uh Kabuki Cho, and he's like, his response is, "Destiny is calling." Fair enough. And I might have to check out this series. It's called Kabuki Kabuki Cho Sherlock, which translates to like no shit Sherlock. That sounds like something that's right up my fucking alley. But yeah, and I did put a link to more pictures in like not in the article into the chat forget 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 going to hentai con i, I want to go to porno world porn restaurant that too either or works <laughs> it's set to open october 10th and if you like the idea of a style bar don't necessarily need the bikini bartenders cavachico cavachico show has a place for that too also, it has uh, an admission of fi- fee of 500 yen. That, that's five bucks! Shut up and, and take the, my and money. The, the images they have in the article that you posted to the chat, Ari, they look super innocent. <laughs> They're very childlike in the design, and so it's like, ah, oh, you'd never know. Well, I, 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 I'm I guess going... That's a lot of the appeal. I, I, I'm going to say this. As a connoisseur of somebody who watches these videos... Saad actually has a line of videos of these girls wearing these outfits as, like, they have videos of them wearing these outfits getting into the business. So, and also, Sia Tamiri says, but can you meet Beryl Summa from PGSM there? Hadn't she been an adult actress? I, I forgot about that. I totally forgot because... The only adult actress in Super Sentai that I knew about, I forget her name, but she was Kagerishima from Engine Sentai Goanger. She was the older villainess. And I, I was the only one I knew about. Now I got to tell my, 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 my friend Siana this. She's going to be like, what? <laughs> oh, man. The one time Mako-chan's not here. <laughs> Right? Mm-hmm. She's probably pointing and laughing at us. Definitely. Probably. Or she will be when she watches, because we do put these up on yep. Twitch. Um, so, uh, moving on from adult entertainment to uh, maybe adult help. Let's see. We all like to take care of ourselves, right? We're all kind of reading the labels, especially mm-hmm. like if you're like me, you have food allergies or anything like that. Well, there's a perfect company for you then if you are in japan right now um a company daido is offering japan's first reverse vending machine of drinks for a very limited time the new vending machine prioritized nutritional information over product packaging now i know in the states if you lived through the 90s hi um you do remember back in the day when this style of advertisement where the nutritional label was huge and kind of the main focus of design it was very popular well the 90s are back in this case in these vending machines with a vengeance in japan 
Drink vending machines by Japanese company Daido have always incorporated some fun quirks, including free recycled umbrellas during Japan's rainy season or facial recognition technology to let customers buy drinks without pulling out their wallet. Which nice. we have touched before on in the store on yeah on the story in the show. Word. We, we talk good. <laughs> we talk good. English number one. Now the company has introduced yet another novel idea in the form of Japan's first reverse vending machine, which is stationed in Parche, a department store complex linked to the JR Shizuoka station during the very limited time frame of September 17th to 23rd, meaning that if you are listening to us in Japan, uh, you're already in that day. And in fact, yeah, you're, you're midday, so uh, enjoy those drinks while they last. Uh, on the vending machine, it is intended to target particularly health-conscious customers by featuring, featuring displays in which the drink's caloric intake and nutritional information is displayed up front as opposed to the packaging. The concept apparently came about because a portion of Dido's customers expressed a desire to view this information, which is not always visible on bottles in typical vending machines before making the purchase. Uh, if you've ever bought from vending machines, a lot of the time, the images on the front are very colorful and things like that, but they don't tell you the ingredients um, or caloric intake, and sometimes you have to uh, fidget around to find that information. In addition, the beverages themselves are grouped within the vending machine display according to their properties. Uh, these include several coffee-style drinks, additive-free drinks, metabolism-boosty drinks, and anti-heat stroke drinks. All Dido drinks contain no preservatives, as noted in the text on the back of the vending machine. Presumably, how the vending machine fares this week will determine whether the company decides to implement more of the same machine on a larger scale in the future. And again, it's about mm. noon in Japan, Tokyo area right now. So if you haven't enjoyed it yet, you've got about the rest of the day, and then it'll be gone. Um, but yeah, it, it seems to be a uh, targeted marketing ploy to see if there's a market for it. So I honestly like this style of marketing and uh, wouldn't mind seeing it more a little bit everywhere. Cool. I like that. Now, we, now, now we've discussed this before of like various idol groups of all ages and we had we talked about like an older idol group you know a couple a couple of years back but this is a different one and they're basically telling you warning you about starting fires which makes sense because this idol group is called Obachan, and they're helping to prevent fires and we're going to show you clips of their um little video in regards to fires and after this they started the group back in 2012 they're dressed in stereotype leopard print garb. This is stuff that your grand, probably your grandparents would wear, you know. <laughs> like I expect these people to be walking around the floor of a casino. Yeah, basically. So they came up with this song about them called Obachan Theme, and it was a hit, and it's gotten over a million and a half views on YouTube. And then last year, I think we. I, we might have talked about this. I don't remember. They did a song called Oba Funk Osaka. It's supposed to greet visitors during the G20 summit that was held in Osaka, which is really cool. Um, then later, they're still going. 
it's been a decade and they're still going, which is really great. So basically, this month they volunteered to be Hino Yijins in the Osaka area. And for those of you who don't know what that is, those are the groups of people who walk around neighborhoods in the evening clapping wooden blocks together. This is to remind residents about potential sources of fires such as lit cigarettes or stoves that are still turned on. The whole custom has a very quaint and unintrusive charm to it, but. Obachan doesn't know the meaning of quaint and unintrusive, and they go <laughs> knocking on each person's door, telling them to keep an eye on their gas and smokes to their face. And what they do, they also bribe the bribe them with candy. Cause come on now, grandmas give their grandkids candy. You know, come on. And there's a reason why that they do this, because according to the Osaka Fire Department, they have said that 70% of fire fatalities in the past five years involve people over the age of 65. This makes Obachan the ideal idol group to reach out to this especially vulnerable sector of society and raise awareness along with blood sugar levels. It's just the most recent example of how Oba Chan continues to electrify the music scene while also pitching in to help the community. So if you're in Osaka and happen to spot a member of this idol unit, please say hello. Because if you do hesitate before saying hello, they'll be asking you about your income and why you're not married while placing a snack in your palm all before you can utter a single word. Just like Grandma does! <laughs> Okay, and I'm I'm going I'm going to bring up the video. Let's see if we can, see if I can get it to work. Oh no, video is unavailable in in my in our area, sadly. Womp womp. I could probably bring it up through the article, but it may do the same thing. But if you want to go ahead and see if you can watch this video, I have already linked it in the chat room. And to think, going into tonight's episode, I'm like, I don't think I have anything for episode highlights. I got three things to clip tonight, and I'm just like, oh, we're going to get some feedback, all right. <laughs> okay, enough. You, 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 can, you can just go, like throw some wacky sound effects right before you start going, whoa, 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 at my comment about John Legozama earlier. I already went like that. I already did that, remember? <laughs> that, I mean, for the YouTube thing. We'll see. But I think it's time for us to go ahead and get up on out of here. So if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters, and we do this for the fun of it. So what we tell you what we like and don't like, this basically is it. So we thank you for participating with us tonight. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. And RacerX says, I had a good time. I usually lurk. Well, thank you for... We appreciate you participating with us tonight, man. We'll, we'll definitely see you next week. And don't forget to swing by our website at animejamsession.com where we post our weekly podcast, our anime reviews, convention reports and reviews, cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, editorials, and all the other cool stuff at AnimeJamSession.com. And if you've noticed, we've kind of tweaked the logo a little bit, and we've adjusted the colors a bit, so it's more warm and inviting. I hope you like it. And don't forget, you can find our podcast on the interwebs. 
Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're trying to get on to Amazon Music. We're hoping that goes through soon. So, you know, we'll be all over. You can go into these apps, search Anime Jam Session. You'll find over 460 plus episodes. So check them out and give them a spin. And then don't forget to find us on social media. Uh, follow us at youtube.com slash anime jam session for convention coverage videos that we've done. Twitter.com anime jam session for when we're going live on Twitter. Links back to our website and other cool stuff. Facebook.com anime jam session for our convention photos. Uh, links back to our website when we're going live and cool stuff. And don't forget, we all have we have our own individual uh, Twitch pages. Uh, follow Ari at Ari Rockefeller. You can find Mock, I mean Ichigo, over at Ichigo Gami or Strawberry Paper Doll. I'll, I will usually I will generally stream on the Anime Jam Session channel. So yeah. Anywho, we're gonna go around the room. Last words, Ari. It was only after I said that earlier that I realized that it was John Wayne who played Genghis Khan and not Clint Eastwood. Fair enough. Still a, still a weird casting decision. Last words. Ichigo. Well, I'm actually just starting my work day. And again, the invitation is extended to our listeners who want to play Among Us and see if they can last against me. <laughs> Calm down, Naga. My last words. I'm going to relax, maybe have some ice cream and watch more Kim's Convenience. I'm really liking that show. It's really cool. Well, that is it. End of list. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Mako-chan should be feeling better, so, you know, come through. So, I believe that is it. So, that's it. We're done. We're getting out of here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Yamatene. All right. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. That is it. End of list. We're out of here. See you next week. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!